Hello everyone and welcome to the Business of PT podcast. I'll be your host, JT Moore. In this podcast, we will be interviewing successful physical therapists and learning about their stories in the field of PT. We will discuss a variety of topics such as entrepreneurship, careers, and pathways in physical therapy, as well as important characteristics in becoming a great PT. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you liked it, make sure to subscribe to get updates when new podcasts are released. Thanks, everyone. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of having another guest of ours on the show, Trent Nestler. He has 24 years of experience as a sports PT and is the founder and developer of the V-Perform AMI, V-Perform AMI Return to Sport, ACL Play It Safe, and Run Safe programs, and is the president of Rebound Vitality, where he works with first responders and helping them with injury prevention. Trent has worked with athletes ranging from youth to the professional levels and has done extensive research in the field of injury prevention and sports performance. Trent, thanks for coming back on. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, and thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Everybody is on the podcast. I hope you've been able to already listen to um, Trent's previous episode. It was definitely one of the most popular ones we've had so far, and I'm excited to have Trent back on to kind of talk a little bit more about injury prevention um, and I just kind of wanted to know, Trent, what have you been up to since we last met? You know, it's, it's been interesting. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a president of rebound vitality, uh, which we, uh, provide services for first responders across the U S um, you know, and I, and I stepped out of the sports medicine space, uh, you know, back in July of last year, um, to work exclusively with first responders. And it's been an, an absolutely amazing experience. You know, I was just sharing with you, you know, that we, uh, you know, we did uh, 1,200 firefighters uh, movement assessments on 1,200 firefighters recently. And it's just, it's so, um, it's such a, a great audience to work with. They're so appreciative, you know, and to be able to give back to the men and women who are, who are running into danger when we're all running out is just, it's, it's been neat. Um, also, we just launched our uh, our new business, which is Combat Athlete Science Institute, uh, which is a combination of two major passions of mine, and and that's mixed martial arts and uh, injury prevention. And as a you know, as a practitioner of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for the last eight and a half years, you know, I've seen that there's this big uh, gap uh, for you know one providing prevention uh, for these athletes. Um, you know, it's a joint manipulation sport. It's a highly competitive sport. It's a highly aggressive sport, um, you know, and, and they need some form of injury prevention. So being able to bring that to our athletes and then in the other piece of that that we're doing is building out a national network of providers who treat these specific athletes. You know, it's uh, we're finding that uh, finding providers who actually understand the sport. Um, understand the injuries that go along with that sport and can actually help people transition safely back to the mats and competition uh, is really hard. So, you know, for any of your listeners out there that, um, you know, that treat combat athletes or want to know more, they can always go to our website. Uh, it's combatathletescienceinstitute.com um, or they can always contact me directly, um, you know, if they want to become a part of that national network. That is perfect. Thank you. Yeah, definitely just following your Instagram. I've definitely seen you traveling all over and doing all those 
uh, moving screens. That's been awesome. So it's been really exciting to kind of just follow along and, and see what you've been up to. Another thing that I know that you've been doing, and I think actually this weekend you have another course, um, is in blood flow restriction and actually kind of going about our injury prevention and uh, um, re rehabilitation. One of the first questions I wanted to talk about and kind of discuss is BFR. That's something that yeah. has definitely become more of a popular um, kind of term and, and use yeah. in the therapy world. And could you explain to the audience a little bit about BFR and the science behind it and why sure. you're such a big advocate for it? Absolutely. You know, it's funny because, you know, BFR is really, it's been around since the sixties, you know, and, you know, I remember, you know, as a, you know, I've been weightlifting for, you know, 40 plus years. And I remember pictures, old pictures of Arnold Schwarzenegger um, doing bicep curls and having a, a, a wrap wrapped around his biceps. And that was really quite honestly, the early form of BFR, you know, it started in the European bodybuilders. So it was really prevalent, you know, with, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Franco Colombo, you know, some of the big greats back in those days used early forms of BFR. And, you know, fast forward to, you know, 2014 and Johnny Owens uh, at the Center for the Intrepid, he was using BFR to help our uh, service members get back to battle faster. Um, and he was finding by implementing this form of training um, that he was able to get recovery faster, get strength faster, get endurance faster, um, and get people back to battle quicker, you know, which is what a lot of our warriors wanted. And so, you know, I, I teach a certification course. Uh, you know, I've been teaching that now for uh, almost three years. It's through UT uh, and Northeastern seminars. Um, and, you know, the, the science behind it is really solid. You know, it, you know, I think sometimes people hear the term blood flow restriction and they're like, holy cow, like, you know, you're, you're putting a tourniquet on people and then you're having them exercise. No, 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 no. So, you know, what blood flow restriction training does is it blocks Phineas return. So you're not, you're not blocking, you know, the arterial inflow of blood, you're blocking the venous return. And so what happens is that as you're exercising at really low loads, because typically you're doing 20 to 30% of one RM, and as you're exercising at these really low loads, the muscles becoming engorged with blood. Well, eventually the muscle reaches its, its capacity, its volume capacity, and it can't take any more blood in because blood is not leaving. So what ends up happening is you continue to exercise at these low loads, so you're pulling oxygen off that blood. Well, as, as you pull oxygen off that blood, what ends up happening is that the oxygen then becomes depleted and the body senses that. And, and because you're still doing resistance training, you're still lifting the load, the body then has to recruit more motor units. So it's a really great way. And that's that there's a, there's a localized effect, which is the motor unit recruitment. And then there's a systemic effect. And I'll talk about that in a second. The localized effect is really beneficial, you know, and it's, and it's really good for your post-op like your post-op ACLs, you know, you're constantly battling uh, quad atrophy and, you know, trying to get that distal quad to fire sometimes is really difficult to do. And so what this allows us to do is very, very early in the rehab process is to be able to use blood flow restriction training so that you can get that distal quad working um, and you can get it working early and get full motor unit recruitment, get the full quad firing uh, much earlier in the game. What that does is it allows muscle muscle hypertrophy, but it also allows for a faster recovery. On the systemic side, you know, as you continue this, there's there's kind of a cascade of of hormonal and chemical effects that take place. 
And two things that, that are really important to know is that the release of growth hormone and the release of IGF-1. Growth hormone, which obviously helps in the repair process, but it also helps in muscle growth. What the studies show is that you get a, a concentration of growth hormone release that is similar as if you were doing heavy resistance training, like 80, 85% of one RM. Keeping in mind, you're only doing this at 20% of one RM. So you're getting that same chemical release that you would with much heavier resistance training, but you're not putting the stress and the load on the joints or post-op surgical tissue. Um, the other piece of that is, is you get the release of IGF-1. And IGF-1 is really important, not only for muscle repair, but also for uh, bone repair. And so it causes, it, it is one of the things that stimulates bone healing. So, you know, just again, you know, for your osteoporotic, your osteoporosis patient, you know, you have the ability to use uh, BFR where you're not necessarily putting the stress on the joints, but you can still get that, that uh, strength gain. You can get that balance gain. You can get that strength gain, endurance gain, but also uh, laying down of more bone. So from a rehab perspective, it's amazing. You know, um, I, I personally went through a massive injury uh, recently, you know, from mixed martial arts. I had a, uh, a massive knee injury where I had a posterior uh, root tear. I went from all the way from the posterior medial meniscus all the way to the anterior. I had a posterior lateral corner MCLs uh, uh, tear um, and then an osteochondral defect on my femur. Um, along with that, I also had a displaced fracture in my right hand um, and then developed a right neuropraxia resulting in uh, about 85% strength loss in my right arm. And um, through the use of BFR, um, I also combined it with electrical stem. So I started BFR uh, day two post-op. Uh, I started it using it with uh, uh, neuromuscular stem, doing quad sets and things like that, progressed it up to you know, doing straight leg raises, uh, long arc quads, progressed it up to doing it with closed kinetic chain exercises. Um, for my neuropraxia, uh, you know, because it's it's contraindicated that if I've got a neuropraxia, a radial nerve compression up in my axilla, um, that if I put a BFR cuff on there, obviously that's contraindicated. Uh, so I had uh, BFR cuffs on my legs because there's a proximal and a distal effect. There's also a crossover effect. So I had it on my legs and I did arms. And, you know, I am literally, I'm, I'm, I'm just under six months out right now. Um, I'm back at 95% training. I'm training uh, jujitsu five days a week right now. I'm doing stand up again, doing all my striking, you know, which quite honestly for the injury that I had, considering my age, I won't say what my age is, <laughs> um, but considering my age um, is pretty, pretty amazing. And, and I, I attribute that to the fact that I started BFR literally day two, you know, and it's it's interesting because I was posting all this on Instagram and I had a lot of PTs reaching out to me going, what the hell are you doing? Like, you don't start that day two post-op, why not? There is absolutely no studies. I had no contraindications to do not doing it. Um, you know, uh, it's not for everybody. You know, if you've got somebody that you're concerned with blood clots, probably not gonna do that with them. You know, but I'm a healthy guy. You know, my nutrition is solid. You know, I have no complications. So starting at day two makes a lot of sense. Um, and I'm convinced that between that, the neuropraxia, the hand fracture, and the way I leverage BFR uh, is what really allowed me to go back so quickly.
Yeah, honestly, it's been really cool just kind of see your recovery process in this as well. And I, a lot of these things we'll actually will highlight are things that I've seen you actually personally use in your recovery process. Um, but yeah, I was able to, to work with some BFR. I mean, it was Fisher, I guess it's now Spooner Sports Institute. And just seeing, the, like, I even tried it out for myself. And I, like, yeah. I just did both my legs. And I was just doing, like, squats on it. Like, that is such a workout. And I was just doing bodyweight squats. And I was, like, on the point of, like, cramping, I felt like. It was just such a great workout. Um, but, yeah, I totally have really just seen the benefits of that, especially in yeah. those post-ops, that I think it's such an important thing that we don't even – I just in the other places that I've been able to shadow, we don't use as much or highlight as much, such a beneficial effect. And obviously like for yourself, you've experienced that firsthand, how much of a, a positive effect it's been in your rehab process. Absolutely, you know, and, and the interesting thing is, um, you know, there's still a lot of therapists out there who treat ACLs who don't use BFR. And, and I always tell patients, you know, cause a lot of people reach out to me about it. And I always tell patients, if you're, if you're not using BFR at this point, and you're treating ACLs, you're behind you're behind the eight ball because this the science is that solid and quite honestly it doesn't take seven thousand it's not a seven thousand dollar investment anymore you can really quite honestly with it with the devices that are out there you can make a minimal investment um, and still have the same benefit to the patient and leverage it in a way that that it's amazing you know i talked about combat athlete science institute you know we actually have a whole performance enhancement program that i do with our team uh, that uses BFR. You know, we do, you know, some of the common things that we do. We do sprawling, we do hip escapes, we do uh, takedowns and things like that using BFR. Um, and what it does, you know, because there's cardiovascular benefit to BFR as well, which I didn't talk about, but there's also that strength and endurance component. And when you combine the BFR with that, man, it just raises the intensity that much more. I can only imagine. Yeah, that was, I, I was just like my legs are already tired just doing the squats i can't even imagine yeah. doing all those things as well and i just kind of wanted to go into it as well um there are different obviously like, types of bfr from what i saw the one that i was using i think was the delphi uh personal tourniquet system but there's also like the smart bfr cuffs the occlusion cuffs the compression bands could you kind of highlight a little bit of the similar like the pros yeah. and cons of each of those and, and yeah. a little bit about each yeah, so there, there's basically there's, you know, if you had to put it into two categories, there's two categories. There's those that fully occlude and there's those that don't fully occlude. The ones that fully occlude that are on the market right now are your smart tools um, and the uh, Delphi unit or the Johnny Owens Recovery Science Institute. Um, those are the two units really that, that fully occlude. And you need to know whether your device fully occludes because if your device fully occludes, um, it's highly recommended that you not uh, use that without supervision, you know, so it's not something that you can give. I don't, I don't feel safe giving that to an athlete and having them take that to the gym and having them work out because, you know, most athletes mentality is if a little bit is good, you know, if I'm at 80% occlusion and that's good, then hundred percent must be awesome. Right. So, so, you know, and, and you can create damage doing that. So, so there's that piece. And then, you know, there, there are bands out there. Um, I quite honestly, I, you know, there's straps. Let me say straps. That's probably a better word to use. Um, a lot of the straps, quite honestly, I don't like. And the reason I don't like them is that the narrower the, uh, the device is, the more pressure that is needed uh, in order to get the effect, which means that you're more likely to bruise. So the narrower the, the device is, the more likely you are, number one, to get nerve compression because you're using so much pressure. And number two, the more likely you are to get bruising. 
So typically you're looking at probably like a two or a four inch cuff. Um, you know, the ones that I use in, 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 you know, in, in quite, you know, in full transparency, uh, they're a part of my certification course uh, is rock cuff. Uh, rock cuff is a cuff that does not fully occlude. Um, the reason that I like them is that I can use them uh, in the clinic. Uh, I can use them safely and I can give them to an athlete and they can take them home and they can, they can do a routine with it. Uh, matter of fact, I personally feel that, you know, um, uh, to me, what I tend to do is I tend to give it to athletes as a part of their gym routine. You know, for me personally, uh, I was using mine in the gym. You know, there's a couple of different rep sequences you can use. Uh, there's 30 reps, 30 second rest, 15 reps, 30 second rest, 15 reps, 30 second rest, 15 reps, and then release the pressure. That's one seat published, that's published, published sequence. The other published sequence is 30, 30, 30. So you do 30 reps, 30 second rest, 30 reps, 30 second rest, 30 reps, take the pressure off. So for me, I tend to use the 30, 30, 30 a lot. Um, because what it allowed me to do is take three different exercises and superset three different exercises. So I would do maybe leg extension, um, you know, maybe a leg press and then squats, 30 reps on each one of those, release the pressure, and then go back and do that sequence over again. So, you know, for me, there's a lot of, if you've got a cuff that does not fully occlude that you can safely give to an athlete, there's a ton you can do in the gym, you know, outside of the normal therapy uh, setting. Um, that's going to do nothing but enhance uh, their outcome. That's perfect. Yeah, and thank you for kind of explaining all of those. I I know I've definitely seen just that one, but I've seen those also. Those cuffs have been a very popular one, and from what my understanding is, a little bit more cost effect, like cost friendly, compared to the other systems as well. Is that correct? Yeah. So you know, um, you know, Delphi is probably one of the more expensive. Uh, you're talking about a five grand investment plus. You got to take a three or four thousand dollars certification course to use it. Um, you know, smart tools, you're looking probably around, you know, 1200 to $1,500. Uh, and then, you know, it's advised to take a course along with that. So another four or 500 bucks with the rock cup, you can really you don't need to take the certification course, uh, you know, in the rock cup is, you know, a couple hundred bucks. Um, and then the certification course, I don't want to say it's like 350 or something like that. Um, that being said, you know, I strongly advise that if you're going to be using BFR, take a certification course, you know, it's, and I'm, I'm not promoting my particular certification course, although I think it's awesome. Um, I, I, I would say a certification course so that you understand the science behind what you're doing, you know, and to me, it's important to get the latest of what's going on. And, you know, in our certification course, you know, we've got, you know, Kevin Wilk does part of it. I do part of it. Um, we have a doctor, an orthopedic surgeon out of Utah, Dr. Uh, Pappas uh, does some pieces on it about doing post-surgical. Um, and then uh, the last part of it is actually a, a virtual lab. We actually do live labs now, but we, you know, with COVID we did, we moved to all virtual where uh, everybody gets a, a pair of cuffs and, and, and they're required to go through, through it. I, I'm a firm believer. You got to feel it before you start applying it. Yeah, I definitely, I got, I, because I, I had seen it first, like, first change kind of observing some patients do it, and they were, like, saying how tough it was and hard it was, and I was like, if, like, 
I was like nervous to try it out because sure. I mean these are some pretty healthy individuals. Sometimes even some professional athletes that we were working with, and they were just doing some really lightweight. And I know they could do so much more. And right. so then when I tried it, I was I definitely am a believer of that. Like you have to try it and go through it to be able to have that. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, I also wanted to kind of transition to another piece of equipment that I've seen you use and I've seen pretty popular throughout um, rehabilitation is Normatec equipment. Um, that can you tell us a little bit about that and why you decided to use that as well in your personal rehabilitation? Yeah, you know, so so uh, I started using Normatec probably uh, six or seven years ago. Um, I've used a lot uh, with my post-op uh, patients. Use it a lot with my athletes. Um, you know, there's a lot of really good uh, science behind specifically Normatec. Uh, for those that don't know, it's it's a compression sleeve that goes basically from your foot all the way up to your hips. Uh, what the sleeve does, it, it gradually builds up with air, uh, building pressure. Um, it basically senses the, the circumference of your limb. Um, once it detects that, depending on what pressure you've chosen on the device, um, it will start to blow up starting at your feet um, and then cycling all the way up to your hip. And then it goes through like a cyclic massage up and down from the foot all the way up to the hip. And basically the thought process is, is that it's helping to remove that waste material, helping to drain the lymphatic system, et cetera. And what studies have shown is that as, as little as a 30 minute cycle uh, in the Normatec compression system um, is the equivalent of a 12 hour rest cycle. You know, so in athletics, you know, you go to any major league, uh, any NFL team, you go to uh, any hockey team, you go to, you know, any baseball team, what you're going to see uh, is they all have recovery rooms now. Um, because here's what they found in professional sports is that when they have athletes use these after they come off the field, after they have a hard workout, is that their musculoskeletal injuries go down. Because, because physiologically you're, you're increasing or improving the recovery uh, piece between sessions. And what that also means, you know, besides the fact that your, your injury rates are going down, besides the fact that your healthcare cost is going down, um, what they're also finding is that athletes are performing better the next day, you know, because they're not as sore, they're not as stiff. Um, stiffness is one of the things that's rated. Pain is one of the things that's rated and they've shown to decrease all of those. You know, for me, uh, you know, you know, we would see uh, in our total hips, you know, in our total knees, that when we would put uh, the uh, Normatec system on them, we would see a significant reduction in uh, lower extremity edema. You know, those 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 uh, those patients who have the total knee and their shins just blow up, their ankles blow up. This is an awesome device. You know, we would combine it with the zero gravity chair. So it puts your feet slightly above your heart. You combine that with the compression system um, and it's amazing. These systems were originally developed for, for lymphedema um, and they were so effective in that space that they actually then branched into the sports space. So, so I've been using it for a long time. For me personally, you know, I've always been a big ice guy. You know, and, and I've used ice a lot, you know, uh, throughout my rehabilitation. I've used it, you know, with my patients. Um, and after my knee surgery, you know, I had a pretty significant knee injury. Um, I had a microfracture procedure done on my uh, knee uh, for the osteochondral defect. I was non-weight bearing for, I was supposed to be non-weight bearing for eight weeks, turned it up being about six weeks. 
Um, but you know, one of the things that happened, you know, is, is I'm used to being active. Like I am used to being up on my feet all the time and my, my foot and my ankle just swelled up like crazy, you know, and I was doing the ankle pumps. You put your feet up on a ball and you pump your ankles and do that all day long. I had compression socks on, but the thing that I think that significantly helped me, I was doing Normatec compression systems for two hours a day. I would do one hour each session. Um, and it, I, I saw a significant reduction um, in my swelling. And what does that mean? It also meant one less pain, right? Because the, you know, it, you know, it's interesting. So I, you know, I've been treating patients for 25 years. I've never had a surgery, and this one was really an eye opener for me. Like everything that I've gone put my patients through for the last 25 years, that I personally felt this time. That being said. You know, um, the other thing that I noticed is it had a significant uh, 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 improvement on my quad recruitment because as soon as my knee swelled up, man, but you know, I've been doing quads for 40 some odd years. You know, I'm not used to my quad not firing, but as soon as my knee would swell up, man, it would be so hard to get my quad to fire. So again, it was something else that helped me really help uh, recruit my quad um, was helping to keep that swelling down. So. I'm a big believer, you know, there's there's a lot of different systems out there. There's Recovery Boot. Um, I've seen a few more come out on the, on the market. Um, the one that I tend to migrate towards is Normatec. Um, you know, for, you know, I have no financial connection to them. You know, I had, you know, I personally uh, use it. You know, I've used it with my patients. Um, I promote it with my athletes um, because I believe so strong in the, in the technology that they've had. I've tried the others. And they're okay, but the Normatec is the one that I use. Yeah, and thank you for sharing that. That's something that I've definitely seen as a benefit. And like you said, I think highlighting that swelling aspect, that is such a big barrier. Once a patient has that to overcome and to really help them um, push through that, like it, it is a limiting factor. And so if we're able to control that and monitor that a lot more, I think that's such a big key in, in kind of getting a fast pass on continuing to progress and, and get that uh, getting that rehabilitation going. Um, another one that I also had a question on is the game ready. It's kind of a little bit, it's a little similar to the Norma Tech. And I just kind of wanted to know, it obviously has that cold exchange loop with it. Yeah. Um, could you highlight some of the benefits, some of the differences as compared to the Norma Tech? Um, and yeah. also using that. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, again, I was very blessed when I had my injury because, you know, I got Norma Tech sent me a Norma Tech system. Game ready sent me a game ready system. You know, I had a lot of companies reaching out to me because I've been doing this for so long and I teach so much. And so, you know, I got a game ready system and I've used game ready for, you know, ever since I've been a clinician, um, you know, they've been around that long. You know, it's, it is a compression with, with ice. Um, you know, for me uh, in the initial phases of my injury uh, coming out of surgery, it was awesome. Um, it was really, so what it is, is it's a sleeve that wraps around your limb, you know, uh, it, you know, for like the, the knee basically goes from, you know, uh, mid tibia up to mid femur. Um, it, uh, uh, connects to a device that is filled with ice and water. Um, and it circulates the ice water through there and you can set the temperature, whatever you want that temperature at, right? So if you want it 32 degrees, you can set it 32 degrees, set it at 40 degrees, whatever, right? So you can set it at whatever temperature you want. Um, and then what it does, it blows up with air. So it comprises, 
it provides some compression and then it's cir circulating that cold through uh, through there. So that thing is that thing is awesome. You know it, uh, and especially because you know for me, um, I travel for work. So you know I literally um, I had surgery uh, on a Friday. The next Friday I was on a two-hour flight uh, out of state, and so. You know, most people don't know this, um, but your Normatec system is considered a medical device. Uh, and so when I got onto the flight, because I was in a wheelchair at the time, I got on the flight, I put on my Normatec system and I, I wore the Normatec the entire flight. Um, I got to my hotel, I filled my game ready with ice and water, um, went into my hotel room and, and iced it up. Again, not something I would ever recommend for a patient to do is travel the you know, a week after a massive knee surgery. Um, but if you have to, and life happens, man, with the, the two of those things in combination, it was great. You know, for me, I tend to use my Normatec a little bit more because, because I don't have to fill it up with water. I don't have to fill it up with ice. You know, um, that's, you know, it's one of the challenges with the game ready uh, is that ability to fill it up with, with water and ice. Um, but it is, it is an amazing device. I used it a ton in the clinic. Um, for me, it was a little easier. It's a little easier to use in the clinic and, uh, and in a hotel room, um, in transit, like in my flight, you know, going to and fro or in a car, um, the Normatec was much, much easier to use. And the Normatec gave me the full compression from my toes all the way up to my hip. Um, you know, and I'll tell you another device that's out there um, that uh, Normatec just launched. Um, they actually sent me one of these. Um, is the um, the Hyper Ice X, and the the Hyper Ice X is a contrast. It's a contrast. It's kind of like a contrast bath. So it'll go down to uh, about 40 degrees uh, in in temperature, and it'll go up to 120 degrees. So what happens is it actually connects to, it's a knee sleeve, goes around your knee. Um, and so what it does is it connects to a, a, an app and you can set for how long, you know, you want 20 or 30 minutes. And then it'll go through a cycle of, of two minutes really cold, two minutes really hot, two minutes really cold, two minutes really hot. So it gives you that contrast bath. And they actually just launched those. I mean, I got, I got an early prototype of it. Uh, you know, when they first launched, but they just launched this, I want to say maybe last week. Um, wow. And it's called the Hyper Ice X. That thing's amazing. You know, I was, I was like, I pulled it out and I'm like, what in the world is this thing? You know, it's got, it's got, you know, little nodules all over it and it's, it looks very futuristic, but the thing is amazing, you know, and it's, and again, you know, for somebody who's, who's dealing with an injury, life happens, you got to go to work, you gotta, you know, you gotta travel around, um, having stuff like this uh, in your toolbox is amazing. That is awesome. No, thank you for sharing that. I didn't even know they came out with that, so that's good yeah. to know. Um, always be, you're always on top of it for sure in that. So I wanted to also highlight another another aspect of therapy. Um, it's also kind of gotten a lot of traction in the past past years is percussive therapy. Um, one of the big ones I've seen out there is Theragun, but just kind of those different types of Theraguns. That's become very popular. Um, and could you kind of explain the benefits of percussive therapy and the use of it that we have in today's rehabilitation? Yeah, you know, um, you know, percussion guns have been around forever. You know, and quite honestly, you know, uh, in the early phases, I was not a huge fan of them. Um, and quite honestly, because um, 
couple of reasons. One, they, they just felt abrasive. Um, and, you know, so many of those devices are so loud, like they sounded like mini jackhammers, uh, you know, and, and especially if I'm if I'm working up on somebody's trap and I'm trying to get them to relax their trap. Right. And I'm trying to stretch them and do this percussion gun. If I've got a jackhammer next to their ear, it's really hard for them to relax. And so, you know, I think with the technologies and different manufacturers come out, they become much quieter um, and they're much more, they're less, much, much less abrasive. You know, they've done a lot with the tips of those things uh, so that they're not as, is they don't bite you as much, um, et cetera. Um, again, in, in, you know, for no other purpose than this is the one that I use, I tend to use the Hypervolt, uh, which is uh, by Hyperice. Um, I find that it's a very, um, you know, with the tips on it, um, I find because it's quiet, um, yeah, I, I use it a ton. So I use it, you know, uh, especially with my myofascial release, you know, um, I'm an older therapist. I've been doing this a long time. Eventually, man, you got to find ways to do the things that you do, uh, without using your thumbs and your fingers, um, because they do wear out at some point, you know, whether it's you're using, you know, I stem devices or you're using percussion guns, you know, for me, I use percussion guns a lot. Like when I'm, when I'm doing a Thomas stretch, for example, and I'm really trying to get somebody to relax their quads, man, that thing is amazing. I will put them into a Thomas stretch, run it up and down their quads, do some contract relax with it and get amazing results. You know, if I'm doing their hamstrings, their IT band, you know, it, again, you get some amazing results. Um, there's also the vibrating rollers that are out there. You know, matter of fact, I had just, uh, just, published on uh, my Instagram page the other, uh, a couple of weeks ago, a study that showed that you get a better effect when you use a vibrating roller versus just general stretching versus general stretching with a regular roller, you get a much better effect with the vibrating roller. And part of that I think is, you know, the, the, the percussion and the vibration go down to the Golgi tendon organ piece of it, right? And it allows that muscle to relax a little bit better. And by allowing it to relax a little bit better, you can get a little bit more stretch out of it. You know, and, and when I, for me, I combine a lot with my contract relax stuff uh, and my manual stretching and it's, it's you get some really great results. Um, I will tell you, I've never pulled out a, a Hypervolt and had somebody run it on their quads or their hamstrings or their sore spot and not have them want to get one. I mean, it's patients absolutely love those things. And, and quite honestly, they're affordable enough now um, that you can actually you can actually sell them to patients. Yeah, that's definitely. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. And I said, and they're legit. Yeah, no, that's something that I've definitely seen um, using that in a clinic. That's something. That, like, yeah, no one has ever has ever not enjoyed having percussive therapy on them with like a Theragun or anything. It's something very enjoyable, and you're able to get those those beneficial effects on it so yeah i couldn't agree more that's something that i feel like is is become more and more popular in it and it is also very much more affordable for patients to use at home and apply it for themselves as well that's perfect um and now another thing i also saw and it's one that's been interesting to me um and i kind of wanted to learn more about it from you are the blaze pods um i've seen you use them for a little bit um could you elaborate a little bit more on what they are and then why yeah. you use those and yeah. and what are some of the good patient populations that you'd use that in 
Yes. You know, it's funny because I'm laughing because they're sitting right next to my desk charging um, because I, I use them as a part of my BFR course as well. Um, so, you know, blaze pods, they're basically uh, small discs that light up and it's got an app that goes along with it um, with a ton of pre-programmed um, uh, things to it. So, you know, originally when I started using blaze pods, um, it was uh, to uh, increase um, awareness in uh, for striking. Okay. So typically what I would do is when I'm working with an athlete, especially a combat athlete is um, they, you can strap them to a, a, a punching bag. And so what I would do is, is strap them to a punching bag. And there's some, there's some different protocols in there for striking specifically. Um, and depending on what pod lit up, that's where they're supposed to strike. And what I could do is I could, I could create a long delay between those pods lighting up so that they can have a little bit more time to think about it, you know, before they throw their jabs or whatever, or I could shorten that much greater. And what I could do is I could put four on there. So anytime one of the lower ones went, that meant that they had to give a knee to the pod. Anytime the upper ones lit up, they had to go hands. And so, so from a speed and agility standpoint, great device, you know, um, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, studies out there um, that have shown that there are neuroplastic changes in the higher centers um, after an injury, specifically after an ACL injury, and and we have to we have to find ways to train some of these neuroplastic changes. You know, and in having a visual stimulus like that, where you have to respond to that visual stimulus. Um, and you have you can time it so now I can record and I can objectively measure how long from the time that that pod lights up to the pot point where you strike it right so I can actually do that so I can do that you know another thing you can do is you can create uh, T drills uh, with the pods so that they start at the end you know one lights up they have to run down run over touch that pod and I can time all of that so I can I can then see and I can record an actual improvement uh, in their speed and agility. So that's, you know, it's another way that I use it. Another device I use is called QuickBoard. And QuickBoard is, uh, it's a flat uh, surface. It's got five uh, round yellow circles in it. And then you have an iPad in front of you. And the iPad mimics that board, right? And so what happens is on the iPad, one of those one of those uh, light circles will light up, and without looking, you're supposed to touch your foot to whatever whatever circle lights up. Again, what that does is it trains that visual motor piece of it. Um, so you're 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 actually getting those higher neuroplastic changes higher up in, in the higher centers of the brain. If you don't do that, what the studies show is you don't you don't get those changes. And so for me, the, between the blaze pods and the quick board, it was really, I started implementing those probably two years ago, two and a half years ago, when the studies started coming out, really showing that there's, there's uh, neuroplastic changes and that we have to be creative. And some speculate that some of those neuroplastic changes that are never addressed are, is some of the reason that we still have a high percentage of re-injury rate. So, so even, even more importantly, it goes back to what do we do as clinicians? 
are we looking at the research and based on that research are we making clinical adjustments to what we do as a practice bfr is a perfect example ton shit ton of of data out there showing that we should be using this as a part of our acl rehab we should be using that as part of our acl rehab the the visual motor learning aspects although it's fairly new research still is really really solid in telling us that we need to be incorporating this kind of stuff into our training uh with our acls to better prepare our acls going back to return to play but again it goes back to what are we doing as clinicians and are you know people talk about evidence-based practice all the time what the hell does that mean in the average practice it means zip because there are practices still out there that aren't doing bfr that's evidence-based there's still practices out there that aren't doing visual motor that's evidence-based. So to me, what it means is I'm looking at the latest research and then I am clinically adjusting what I'm doing based on the most evidence, the current evidence in, in making adjustments to that. Yeah. That, like, that was I, a long way to answer. Sorry. No, that's perfect. Honestly, thank you for that. I can tell the passion that you have behind it, but I think that's so true that we have to be using these, these tools and the, like, this equipment that's been created that can really help. Obviously, like our patients are the big goal for them is to be able to return to the prior level of life, like of quality of life and enjoy those things. And if we can do that faster in an efficient way, why not use these tools and resources that we've been giving given and have such great evidence behind them as well. So yeah, no, thank you for, for highlighting that. And, and I'll tell you, you know, it's, you know, um, people think that when stuff like that comes out that, you know, you know, BFR, you know, it's gosh, that's, that's five, $7,000, you know, you know, these, these visual motor things, that's another four or $5,000. I'm as a private practice, I don't have that. Okay. So BFR, you can literally get cuffs for two, $300 place pods, $400 investment, you know, so you can still get this high tech stuff uh, and still be on the cutting edge and not have to break the bank to do it. Yeah. That, thank you for that. That's something very true that I think sometimes people see these things as, as a big investment and they shy away yeah. from it. But yeah, that's spot on. Thank you for sharing that. And honestly, I'm checking the time right now. It's flown by again. Um, I realized just being able to talk with you, it, it, it goes by super fast. And I know that yeah. we've hit a lot of great topics. Um, just before we wrap up, is there are there any other pieces of equipment that you found that have been really beneficial um, that we haven't highlighted or things that you would want to recommend that practice owners or PTs implement or think about implementing yeah. it yeah yeah you know um obviously you know dry needling is huge you know i i don't personally dry needle i typically send my athletes to somebody i trust to dry needle i think that's huge um laser class four laser uh is huge i actually ironically i haven't had one sitting on my desk uh it's an active pro um it's another uh form of laser um, I, I like the active pro it's a fairly new one on the market. It just got the FDA approval. Um, it does, um, it, it actually, you can have, uh, st it uses stem, uh, and it will tell you when there's resistance and the resistance is caused by inflammation. So it will tell you when it hits the resistance and it lights up and you hold it. It's a pulse laser. You hold it over that area until it turns white and it's treated that area. So it, it it's really kind of a, it's kind of a cool tool because one, it works um, and the science behind it is absolutely solid. It, it, it also improves uh, or increases, it works down at the mitochondrial level. So it improves uh, growth hormone release uh, in, in soft tissue healing. Um, but the other piece of it is, is it super simple to use? You know, again, you're not breaking the bank because usually a laser 
Lasers are uh, typically about a forty to forty-five thousand dollar investment. Um, this one just came out on the market, and I want to say they're around fifteen. Still expensive, um, but you know it's it's one of the things I use a ton um, because one I find that I can do three treatments on somebody, and they're seeing a significant change. You know, and for me, significant change is different than a lot of people. Okay, I'm I'm treating fighters. I have to treat somebody that can go and pre prevent themselves from getting punched in the face, right? So, so significant difference is they can raise their arms and prevent themselves from getting punched in the face. So it's, you know, for me, when you can do it at that level and people are getting good results with it, it's pretty effective. The science behind it, I always look at the science, the science behind it is solid. I wouldn't use it if it wasn't, uh, but then I'm also seeing the benefit for, for the athletes that we treat. That's perfect. Yeah, thank you for highlighting that as well. That's something that I've heard a lot about, but yeah, I haven't had too much personal experience. Thank you for highlighting that. Yeah, um, yeah and just before we wrap up, would you be able to, again, kind of share, uh, obviously you're teaching the blood flow restriction course. So I'd love for you to be able to share that. And if people want to be able to get that certification, how they can go about that. And then also contact you if they want to kind of talk about these topics more yeah. as well. Absolutely. So uh, for the certification course, uh, you can go to Northeastern Seminars. That's northeasternseminars.com. Um, or you can Google uh, Trent Nessler blood flow restriction uh, training, uh, and that will take you to the link that will take you to the certification course. Uh, these certification courses, I probably do, I think this year so far, I've probably done 20 so far. Um, we still have, you know, uh, several more. I'm typically uh, teaching them uh, every other weekend right now. So, um, you know, they're, they're typically selling out. So, you know, you have to register, you know, and it may be, you know, a month or two before you can go, but um, they're, they're good. Um, you know, you can get those through Northeastern seminars. Um, as far as contact for me, uh, you can always follow me on Instagram. It's BJJPT underscore ACL underscore guy. Uh, that's Brazilian Jiu Jitsu PT underscore ACL underscore guy. Um, or you can always uh, search my name, Trent Nessler. Um, and then also, uh, I am on uh, Twitter as well uh, at ACL Prevention, uh, and I tend to, you know, put out a lot of stuff, uh, whether it's on treatment or I try to put a uh, uh, once a month. Uh, I go through several journals and I will pull three or four articles and then make posts about various articles, um, and then obviously you can always follow me on LinkedIn and I post a lot of stuff on LinkedIn as well. Perfect. Yeah, no, it's been really, I've enjoyed being able to learn from you and just kind of see all the things that you've been doing. So yeah, Trent, thanks again for coming on. This was a blast. I was really grateful to be able to kind of go in depth on all these different types of rehabilitation devices and equipment that I've seen you use and I've been able to experience as well. So I hope everyone listening on this episode is able to really learn these and be able to start thinking about getting into the research and then applying it into your guys' practice as well. I think it'd be really beneficial for us, but also all the patients that we treat as well. Awesome. Thank you, JT. I appreciate it. Yep. Have a good one. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. I hope you liked that episode. If you did, make sure to subscribe and also leave a review. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next time.